Welcome to Work and Play, the podcast of Constanji Brooks Smith and Profit. Here we discuss employment news and provide practical insights and tips that you can use at your company or in your practice. I'm your host, Susan Basford Wilson. I'm joined today by my co-host and partner, Sherry Silverman, who is with me to talk through the ins and outs of a very exciting topic, social media. Very exciting indeed. I know you and I have both been getting a ton of questions on this topic, particularly in the recent weeks. Indeed, we have. And while this is not a new topic, I will say that the posts and online discussions that are occurring right now cover some really significant issues. And we are hearing a lot of questions about how these posts are bleeding into the workplace. Right. And so I've had clients ask, you know, can I discipline or terminate someone because they've made a controversial post on social media? Or am I obligated to take action because of something an employee has done on social media if it's come to my attention? These are difficult issues, and there are quite a few laws that come into play. So let's explore the major ones here. Of course, I want to make the usual disclaimer. Some states and even localities might have additional laws and ordinances to consider in these scenarios. Setting those aside, however, there are some big federal laws that all employers should consider when faced with these social media challenges. Exactly. So why don't we start with one of my favorites, probably just because it's the most widely misunderstood one that we hear thrown around quite a lot. Widely misunderstood, plus you are a communications major, right? So (laughs) I think it's the First Amendment. You got it. Free speech. But the First Amendment of the Constitution doesn't state that employees or individuals, for that matter, can say whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want, without consequence. Instead, it protects government employees as private citizens speaking on matters of public concern if the employee's interest in speaking freely outweighs the employer's interest in efficiently fulfilling its public services. That was pretty legal easy, but in a nutshell, it applies to public employers and governmental action, not private sector employers, right? Way to sum it up. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) I prefer your version. I'm just trying to be accurate here. So if you work for XYZ company, the First Amendment is not a say whatever you want and get away with it, you know, for free card. Simple enough. And in the immortal words of Inigo Mantoya, I do not think it means what you think it means. Um, I, 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 I hear the movie reference, but I don't think you got that accent quite right. Can you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> I stink at accents. All right. If you don't I make me it. sing, I won't make you do it again. Of course. <laughs> There are other laws to protect the employee's actions on social media. So let's say an employee, and we'll call her disgruntled Daisy, makes a post on LinkedIn that she feels the women at her company are not paid equally for the same work done by their male counterparts. What do you say? Well, if it's true, I'd say that stinks. And Daisy has a good reason to be disgruntled and She probably also has some solid claims under Title VII, the Equal Pay Act, and various and sundry state laws. Yep, of course. And I'd agree that Daisy has a right to be disgruntled. But as much as the employer may not like what she's broadcasting out into the social media universe, 
Her post is probably protected under the National Labor Relations Act. Yes, and I would recommend investigating Daisy's allegations instead of disciplining or firing her for this post, and here's why. The National Labor Relations Act protects the right of employees to discuss wages, hours, and other terms and conditions of employment, even if those individuals are not union employees. And Section 8 of the NLRA states that employers cannot interfere with, restrict, or penalize employees for engaging in activities that are for the purpose of collective bargaining or other mutual aid or protection, things that we typically call protected concerted activity. So all of that is to say, if Daisy is speaking on behalf of a group of her female coworkers, about her employer's wage practices, and that is precisely the type of speech that would be protected by the NLRA, and she should not be disciplined for it. You got it. And that one's a pretty classic example of Section 7 protected speech, which, again, protects discussions related to the terms and conditions of employment that are either undertaken by two or more employees or by one employee on behalf of a group of others. You know, I didn't hear you say anything about personal gripes, Sherry. That's exactly right. You're paying attention. So if you have a single employee that is engaging in disparaging commentary, that's truly an individual gripe. It is not protected activity under the NLRA. So if you post about how, you know, the color of your uniform shirt isn't a flattering shade for your complexion, that doesn't count and it's not protected. Solid point. Can you give me another example of this protected concerted activity online, perhaps one that relates to some of the issues our clients are seeing right now? Of course. All right. Say you operate a private medical clinic and Nurse Nicholas is spouting off on his Facebook page about how the doctors are requiring him and other providers to work without proper protective gear and it's jeopardizing their safety in the workplace. Okay, so we know that this speech isn't protected by the First Amendment, but he is talking about the terms and conditions of the workplace because safety clearly falls into that category. So there are NLRA considerations here. Yep. Any other concerns you have with an employer that wants to terminate Nicholas because he's defaming the company? Well, other than the fact that truth is a defense to defamation claims, yes, absolutely. I have more thoughts. Um, When Nicholas raised awareness of a potential workplace hazard, he's engaging in activity that's also protected by various anti-retaliation laws. For example, OSHA has an anti-retaliation law, and there are other you know, retaliation or whistleblower statutes that provide it's illegal to retaliate against an employee in this scenario. You know, not surprisingly, we're seeing all sorts of lawsuits being filed now with precisely these types of claims. Uh, Obviously, no employer wants to be called out or scolded on social media, and there are limits to what an employer needs to tolerate, but these are really fact-specific situations. So if you're facing a scenario where you're considering taking action against an employee for a social media post, please call your favorite employer first. Please do. These are hard situations and they can put companies into 
dicey situations, not only from a legal perspective, but from a public relations perspective. Sometimes through through no fault of the company, um, the organization can be put in what appears to be a no-win situation. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, that's absolutely true. So here's another one that has employers up at night right now. What about an employee who's engaging in a heated debate on social media about diversity, equity, and inclusion? I personally think this topic is very important, but we've probably all witnessed some pretty uncomfortable exchanges on this issue in the last few weeks. Definitely. I wish I had a tally of all the people who have been defriended or unfollowed in 2020 to date. Though actually now that I say that, I don't I don't think I want to know. But I have seen a lot of articles, experiences, and memes posted in an effort to bring awareness to racial injustice in our country, specifically related to the Black Lives Matter movement. And at the same time, other individuals are posting their own images and opinions to support the position that all lives matter or blue lives matter. The debate that has ensued, it's gotten ugly. Very ugly. So what can an employer do when someone is making posts that are, let's say, offensive at best, but potentially harassing, discriminatory, or racist? And does it matter if the employee is doing this on his or her own personal time? Before I answer those questions, let me take a quick moment to hop up onto my handy-dandy soapbox to, again, reiterate what we always say about the importance of training and having solid policies in place. Hopefully, the company's anti-harassment policy refers to social media and makes it clear that any discrimination or harassment, regardless of where it occurs, will not be tolerated by the company. We will hope it's covered, but even if social media isn't specifically mentioned, is this behavior protected or is there something the employer can do about it? You know, our discussion makes me think of an incident that got a lot of attention in the news recently. And while the behavior itself did not occur online, it was recorded and posted online for all the world, including this individual's employer, to see. Yes, you're talking about the case involving the woman in Central Park who was walking her dog without a leash. So what happened was a black man was bird watching in the area where dogs are required to be leashed. And he asked the white woman to leash the dog. Instead of complying, she threatened to call the police on him to complain that a black man was threatening her. So he you know, pulls out his phone and records the incident. And it shows her calling the police and telling the dispatcher that an African-American man was recording her and threatening her life. And the video goes viral. And I I mean viral with a capital V. Within hours of it being posted to Twitter, it had been viewed millions of times, including by her employer. I believe the same day, her employer placed her on leave and fired her the next day. The company issued a statement on social media stating that following our internal review of the incident in Central Park yesterday, we have made the decision to terminate the employee involved effective immediately. We do not tolerate racism of any kind. Right. And the employer there made a prompt decision on the basis that they won't tolerate racism. And even though the incident occurred away from the employer's property, 
outside of work hours and the employee was not representing the company in any official way at the time, I presume that the company felt that it had a negative impact on its image and also took the position that this employee violated their principles and policies. So they made the decision to terminate her, even though she publicly apologized shortly thereafter. Yes. And, you know, this employee's behavior was not protected by the First Amendment, the NLRA, um, any retaliation statutes, or any other employment law I can really think of. So if we apply uh, this a similar analysis to the example of a social media exchange where an employee is engaging in offensive or racist behavior online, if an employee employer becomes aware of this conduct, whether it's on social media after hours or in a park, it may well be entirely appropriate to discipline or terminate the employee. So is that what you would recommend if a client asks you? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I know reasonable minds can differ. It really depends. I have a list of issues that I consider with this type of fact pattern. Um, as you mentioned, I'm going to think about, is the post protected by the NLRA, whistleblower laws, or any state-specific laws? Also, is there an employment contract involved or a collective bargaining gr- agreement that's in play? For example, perhaps you have an employee who has an employment agreement stating that she may only be terminated for cause and which sets forth a specific process that must be followed in order for that to occur. And, you know, I know you said we're not going to talk about state laws here, but certainly there could be state laws that impact whether a company can take action against an employee for exhibiting poor behavior on social media. You know, among other things, I know that some states protect an employee's right to engage in lawful off-duty conduct, and a few states protect against bias based on political affiliation. Now, I think most of these very heated social media discussions are not truly protected statements based on political affiliation, but you need to make sure you've thought through that before you take action. And of course, the issue of political statements and posts is only going to get more heated as we head toward the presidential election. So, you know, if this issue hasn't come up at your company yet, stay tuned. It's it's likely to come. Um. And then finally, when I'm looking at these situations, I'm going to consider just how bad the speech is. I am more inclined to recommend termination for an employee who's making threats or using horribly offensive you know, racial slurs than I am for someone who simply posts all lives matter and stops there. All right. So let's go through another real life scenario we've seen recently. Many employers require their employees to wear face masks, which is not only a prudent policy based on guidance from agencies like the Centers for Disease Control, but it's also required by law in much of the country right now. Absolutely, though. Of course, that law is changing day by day. Yeah, indeed it is. So there's a retail store in Florida that was recently in the headlines because an employee was told by his assistant manager that he could not wear a face mask supporting the Black Lives Matter movement while at work. This employer was going to provide company face masks, but they allowed their employees to wear their own masks before the uniform face coverings arrived. And this employee wrote, in all caps, BLM for Black Lives Matter on his face mask. Now, the company had a policy that prohibits 
employees from wearing non-company messaging on clothing or accessories, so he was told he couldn't wear it. And according to this employee, the manager told him that he was endangering himself and others, and therefore he couldn't be on the floor with his mask on, so the employee left and resigned. Oh, boy. This is one of those situations that not only has legal implications, but public relations implications as well, because we all know that this situation is going viral. Definitely, as do so many of these things. And I've seen a lot of commentary about this particular situation with a lot of individuals feeling like he was being silenced for standing up for justice and equality and you know, others saying that they're going to boycott the store now. But from a legal perspective, I want to note that many employers do have policies that bar clothing with any and all printed slogans, whether they're personal or political. And generally speaking, those employ- those policies are fine. And having a bright line rule like that, where you say no printed slogans are acceptable, um, that can help avoid situations where an employer might need to otherwise make a individual judgment call on what's permitted and what's not. Right. And, you know, I haven't seen the company's policy, but, you know, that that may have been the thought behind it. Now, the employee has come out and said, even though this is the policy, it's loosely enforced. So obviously, anytime you have inconsistent enforcement of a policy, you could face a discrimination claim and you might have difficulty explaining why you enforced it against one person and not another. We do so love consistency. In fact, I think we're very consistent about encouraging consistency on this podcast. I think the word consistency sits on that soapbox you talk about. (laughs) Very practical advice. Um, I will say that another consideration relating to workplace dress codes is the ability of employees to wear a union insignia. Um, That's not the situation the employer was dealing with in this case, but employers should keep in mind that there are certain rules related to reasonable and legitimate forms of union activity. Is this a good place for me to segue into a discussion of the flair that the waitress had to wear in office space again? Yes. Oh, thank you. I, you know, any, any flick that we can reference here. Um, absolutely. I, I don't think that her buttons promoted union activity, but I appreciate you bringing it full circle from our last episode. I do what I can. All right. I have one more, one more issue for you with social media implications um, or off-duty you know, conduct implications, and that is protesting. Good call. Kinsanji just put out a great article on this topic that our listeners should read, but basically, we have seen a surge of protests around the country about everything from an employer's alleged failure to institute proper safety measures in the workplace to race-related issues. Right. Which creates some hard questions for employers, like how do I ensure everyone's safety when one of my employees just spent the weekend walking with thousands upon thousands of other potentially infected people? And I hate to say it depends, but it it truly does depend. And it's going to be a hard question. However, um, implementing recommended safety protocols related to COVID-19 is a good choice. Listening to your employees, investigating their concerns, and taking prompt remedial action is also a good plan. 
sometimes these social media outbursts can provide employers notice of issues that it wasn't otherwise aware of, which in turn can allow the company to investigate and fix these issues before a lawsuit is filed. Agreed. Okay. Before we close, do you have a great social media or off-duty conduct story to share? I thought you'd never ask. There isn't one particular example that comes to mind, um, but I do want to say that I am continually awed by the amount of time and energy that employees spend monitoring the social media accounts of their coworkers. If an employee said something unflattering about his boss, HR is going to hear about it. If an employee faked being sick and posted pictures of going to the lake instead, HR is going to have a color printout of that post within 24 hours. You bet. Which really is a good PSA for everyone to remember. You can really never delete anything from the internet. Screenshots can and will come back to haunt you. Good point. With that, thank you for joining me today to tackle this uh, infotaining topic. You bet. Before we sign off, I do want to make my typical request of our listeners. As I've said before, we are a new podcast, and it would be great if those of you listening would follow us, rate us, and especially leave us on a written review on whatever platform you find your podcasts on so that other people who are interested in employment law can find us. Many of you have, and we thank you for that. We hope you tune in again in a couple of weeks for the next episode.